0: Well, hey, if you have your formation journal, go ahead and turn it to page uh, 15. That's where we're going to be taking notes today. And if you're unsure of what a formation journal is, uh, it's our gift to you. Uh, We really do believe that it's important uh, to be people who can engage with God's uh, word, not just on Sunday morning, but every single day of the week. And we know it can be hard sometimes to figure out how to uh, pick up the Bible and be able to engage it in a way that makes sense for our lives. So our team put together something called the formation journal. It's a free gift that we uh, give Give you. you can pick one up on the way out if you're new here and have yet to be able to grab one. Uh, but it gives you a five-day Bible reading plan that can, you can utilize on your own time during the week. But it also has a place for you to take and jot down notes during the course of the sermons. So that way you can track with what God's teaching you and speaking to you even on Sunday morning. So be sure to pick up one of those journals on your way out. Uh, if you are taking notes, uh, you'll be on page 15 today. Um, where we're going to be looking at the scriptures that we just read... And really engaging around God's heart for the nations today. Uh, And this weekend is an important weekend for me personally. I love it for a variety of reasons. One is because it gives us an opportunity to stop and to pause. There's that word. To pause and reflect and remember on what God is allowing us to be a part of as a church. And today, I'm in particular um, joy and excitement because I'm going to make an announcement at the end of today that I think could change your life. I really do. I believe that that your choice to say yes to the next step that we're inviting you into could radically transform your understanding of God, build your faith in a way that uh, you'll remember for a lifetime, and could have a trajectory impact on the lives of countless others. So today, uh, we will celebrate what God has done. Uh, So one of the first reasons why I'm excited about Global Sunday uh, is because it is just inspiring to see what God has done through our global partnerships. So i want to go through a list. What, What has happened in the life of our church? Because of your generosity, because of your prayer, and because of your willingness to go. And let's celebrate these things together. So since 2019, our church has supported and sent four missionary couples to different places around the world. Two of those were trained up in our church and sent out by us, uh, and two others were uh, trained up by another church, but we supported and came alongside in a significant way. There are four families that are overseas because of your generosity in the last three years. Can we celebrate that? Amazing to see what God has done. Last year... Last year, because of your generosity, we blessed and ministered to 5,000 Ukrainians that were fleeing the war. We were able to meet them at the border, give them tangible supplies that they needed, provide for their spiritual needs as well, and help them meet and know who Jesus is. Uh, We have shared the gospel with children through VBS and soccer camps in Romania. We've trained in uh, indigenous and local pastors. This is one of my favorite. Uh, You don't know this, but because of your generosity, we have funded the translation of the gospel account of Luke, the book of Acts, Romans, and more New Testament scriptures for the Massan people, which is over 6 million people that did not have the Bible in their language. Your dollars have given them the scriptures in their language. Is that not incredible? And we're celebrating. We've developed nine global partnerships on five continents and this number just blows my mind every single time I say it. In the last couple of years, Nota Church, you have invested over $500,000 in sending and supporting global missionaries around the world. Can we not thank God for the work that he's done in these short years? The second reason why I love Global Sunday is it's personally important uh, to me. Uh, Some of the greatest influences in my life are people that are missionaries, but also people that have been transformed because of missionaries. Uh, My family is one generation removed uh, from worshiping a different God. And it's because of missionaries that came that, that I get to know of the good news of Jesus. It's people who I do not know, whose names I am not sure of, whose countries I'm not aware of, that came to where my family was and shared the good news of Jesus. So I know the power of what's on the other side of somebody's willingness to say yes. Somebody's willingness to go somewhere is not just an idea for me, but I stand on this platform as a person who knows Jesus because somebody did the very thing we're going to talk about today. And last but not least, I hope you lean in because in the next few moments, what I'm going to lay out before you is an opportunity for you to go and experience the goodness of God. It could be life transforming for you. So with that in mind... What I want to do today for the time that I have is try to make the most compelling case I can. That one of the best decisions you can make this year is to invest your time in being a part of God's work around the world. And the reason why is because of this. It's the big idea for today. You can write it down in your formation journal. It's that God shows his love to the world by using everyday people to accomplish his mission. That when God imagined and dreamt up the way in which the world would know that he loves them, the plan that he chose to institute, and there is no plan B, by the way, is that everyday, ordinary people like me and you would be the people that would go and share of this good news. It's the way that we live our lives that transforms the lives of others. Now, there's a million ways that I could make this case today from the scriptures. I could point us to Matthew chapter 28 where Jesus gives us the great commission. Uh, we could look at John chapter 20 that says, as the Father has sent me, Jesus says, I send you. John 17, Jesus is praying and he says, as the Father has sent me, Father, we now send them into the world. We could look at Acts chapter 9 where Ananias, an everyday guy, is invited by God to go to this guy named Saul's house to pray for him and minister to him. And Ananias' willingness to say yes is the reason why we have half of the New Testament because Paul became saved, converted, changed, transformed, and given a way forward because Ananias was willing to get up from where he was to go to a person he did not know. He just said yes to God because you never know who hangs in the balance. You never know what's on the other side of your yes. Yes. Or we could look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 where Paul gives us his mission. The New Testament is filled with this clear case and argument that God wants the nations to know him. Or we could even just look at church history. You know, it's amazing that Jesus' ministry, his public ministry, over 85% of that ministry happened within a 12-mile window. Is that not crazy? Like when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all of these stories that we have, 85% of that happened within 12 miles. 12 miles is the distance from our Moss Park campus to our Narcusi campus, to give you context. Like Jesus did all of his ministry between here and Nar- the Narcusi campus on Narcusi Road. And some of you like, I understand why it took him a long time, because there's a lot of people that need some help on Narcusi, right? Yeah, it's like Jesus healed the traffic, you know what I'm saying. But I want you to wrap your mind around that. 2,000 years later, in Lake Nona... Tens of thousands of miles away, we're talking about this guy named Jesus. And the majority of his work happened within a 12-mile span. How did it get this far? I mean, it wasn't because of social media. This guy didn't go viral because of that. He didn't go viral because of the Internet. How is it that Jesus became so known around the world? Well, it's because everyday people that were with him for that three years of ministry in that 12-mile radius, they... They actually took Jesus at his word when he says, it's time for you to go. And people like Thomas went 2,100 miles away to India. And Matthew went to the continent of Africa and shared the good news of Jesus in Ethiopia. And John went to modern-day Turkey. And Simon went to modern-day Iran. Peter was found in Rome, the global city of all global cities. Bartholomew went to this place called Azerbaijan. Church history tells us that uneducated, globally unaware, fishermen and tax collectors who, if you gave them a map, would not be able to tell you where these places were on a map, went so far away, thousands of miles away from Jesus' place of ministry, and they launched movements that touched thousands that now have captured the hearts of billions across the world. It's amazing, isn't it, that 12 miles turned into 2,000 years of legacy. And it wasn't Jesus who went. It was fishermen and day laborers and tax collectors, everyday people with everyday jobs who were willing to say yes. Would you say the word yes with me on the count of three? One, two, three. Yes. One more time. One, two, three. Yes. 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 Thomas said yes. Peter said yes. John said yes. And the world would never be the same. But that's what i want to preach on today. <laughs> Instead, I want to take us to Romans chapter 10. And I want to address a question that head on in our culture that I think many of us are asking today. Which is, is missions even important or necessary in the 21st century? Like maybe it was back then, but is it now? And part of the reason why I'm intrigued by this question is that um, Barna, a research group, recently did a study where they polled Christians. And they said uh, to Christians, what is the most important thing in your life? And 90% of the people that describe and would call themselves Christians said, the most important thing in my life is my personal relationship with Jesus. I would do anything for that relationship. And then they asked the second question, which is, well, well, what do you believe you ought to do about sharing your faith in that relationship with others? And the research came back and found that 47% of those that believe Jesus is the most important thing in their life believe that sharing your faith with others is not a good choice and perhaps could even be harmful. Which is pretty intriguing, isn't it? To think that the most important thing to you would be something that you would think I should not give to someone else. Which is wild. Because if I eat at a good restaurant, which is not the most important thing to me, guess who's going to know? Every single person I meet. And I get that complexity. Because if we're honest, we haven't always done missions and evangelism well as a culture, have we? I mean, if we're honest, there have been times where we've ruined people's indigenous heritage in the name of Jesus. There have been times where we have caused more damage in physical ways than good and done it in the name of Jesus. And so I understand why there might be a complex relationship that we have today with missions and with evangelism. But the deeper question isn't how we've gotten it wrong in the last number of years. The deeper question is, what does God think about it? And where is God's heart when it comes to the world knowing of his love? And what's his plan? And here's the thing about God. Once he makes a plan, guess what? He doesn't change the plan. You know why? Because the first plan was always the best plan. (laughs) He never needs to recalculate. Some of you all know what I'm talking about on your Google Maps, right? He never has to do that. So the question is not... Is missions and evangelism important to God? The question is, how do we acknowledge that we've gotten it wrong in some ways and stay faithful to the thing that he's called us to do? But we're not the first people to ask this question. Does does missions matter? Is it valuable? Is the complexity of it just too hard? Because in the first century, there was this church in Rome who was asking the same question. See, the church in Rome was this global city where people from every background, every culture, every language would descend. You've heard that phrase before that all roads lead to what? All roads lead to Rome. And that's because everybody, the whole world, came to Rome. And so the church begins to be established there. And people from every different tribe, nation, and tongue, background story, heritage background, they begin following Jesus. They begin to fall in love with him. And then they realize that there's a big cultural clash Because the way the Jewish people want to worship Jesus is different than how the people from the African continent want to worship Jesus, which is different than how the people from uh, Eurasia want to worship Jesus, which is different than how the Romans themselves want to worship Jesus. And there's a lot of drama in the church because, well, everybody wants to do it different. So the question that the Romans begin to ask is maybe it would be best if our churches were just different churches. And you do it the way you want to do it, and you do it the way you want to do it, but it's just not worth sharing the good news of Jesus to people that think like us, talk like, different than us, uh, have a different culture than us, because it just makes things too complicated. Are you noticing our 21st century question is the same as their 1st century question? Give me a yes if you understand what I'm saying. Yes. So what does Paul say about that? What is Paul's response? Well, look at me with Romans chapter 10, and we'll find it. Look how Paul answers the question, does mission still matter? He starts by giving us the gospel in Romans chapter 10, verse 12. He says, For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. And then there's some good news in verse 13. For everyone, would you say that with me on the count of three? One, two, three. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Isn't that good news? That God wants every single person to know him and love him. And this isn't new news. Paul isn't introducing something new in Romans uh, chapter 10 that hasn't been discussed before. He's actually reintroducing something that has been as old as time. Because God's heart for the nations has always been his heart. We find this in the beginning of Genesis chapter 3 when we get the proto-evangelium means first gospel. Humanity falls apart, we break relationship with God, and God declares, I'm going to make things right. Now, I don't know if you've been reading through your formation journal, but we've been spending a lot of time in this journal looking at uh, the book of Genesis. Anybody been going through the book of Genesis? There's kind of two things that I've picked up reading through the book of Genesis. The first one is this, people are jacked up. Can we agree? Like, people are messed up. Like, HBO has nothing on the characters in the book of Genesis. But the second thing is this, is that God's heart for the nations, it's not something that came with Jesus or something that started with Paul. God's heart for the nations, that that all of us, every skin color, every language, every ethnic background, every story, every history, would be able to know of his goodness, it starts from the very beginning. Genesis chapter 3, God lays that out by giving us the first gospel, but then he continues. Genesis chapter 12, Jamie read it in Carafe today, I will make you into a great nation. And then Genesis 18, Genesis 22, Genesis 26, Genesis 28, all point to God saying, I am coming for the nations. My love is for you. Did you know that there are 500 references to the nations in the Old Testament alone? I mean, I could take five verses and preach a 100 weekends on just God's heart for the nations. God is in love with the nations. He wants the world to know of his love. Yeah, we could celebrate that. That's good. And yet we live in a culture today where 3.37 billion people on the planet have little or no access to the gospel. And according to the Joshua Project, there are 17,000 different unique people groups in the world. And still today, 7,400 of them are considered unreached. I mean, people around the world have easier access to Coca-Cola than they do to the good news of Jesus people have easier access to a cell phone than they do to a person who knows Jesus. And I think part of the reason why that's the case is not because the church is incapable or unable to make a difference. It's not because we don't have people and resources to be able to finish this great task. But it's because we forgot whose job it was. That we think in some way, shape, or form that that the people that are sent are are people that are special and set apart and unique and are different they're they they're the special ones they're the super christians you know what i'm saying i mean some of you even in the moment of us celebrating a family that's going overseas some of you guys are like oh bless their heart god bless them i can never do what they're doing but god bless them right But what's true about them and what's true about me and what's true about all of us is that God uses everyday, ordinary people. And when you and I punt on our responsibility to be a part of what God wants to do around the world, we miss out on the great adventure of what it means to follow Jesus. The following Jesus has always been about getting in alignment with his heart, which is for the whole world to know him. If you don't believe me, we can look at Acts chapter 1 where Jesus lays out this incredible picture. Flip over there very quickly if you can to Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus says, And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And here's what's interesting. I caught this for the first time this year as I was rereading Acts. It doesn't say Jerusalem or Judea and Samaria or the ends of the earth. What's the uniting word there? It's the word and. And. Meaning the expectation for the follower of Jesus is not just to be like, I'm working out my Jesus following in my Jerusalem. That's the city I live in. Or I'm working it out in Judea and Samaria in a place that's, you know, a couple of miles away from me. It's I work out my following Jesus because I have a local responsibility, a regional responsibility, and a global responsibility. Are you picking up what I'm putting down right now? That the call to go to the ends of the earth isn't just for a select few of like the spiritual Christian SEALs, like Navy SEALs. Like, that's not what it's for. But it's for all of us. That there's someone on the other side of our willingness to say, yes, yes, I'll go. So you're taking notes. We've reflected on this now together, that that God wants the entire world to know him. Write the second point down, that God uses people to accomplish his mission. Paul, in reflection of thinking about the the need for people to know of the goodness of God, asks this question. It's a series of questions. It's like like me when I'm parenting my kids. You ever parented your kids and asked them a series of questions, hoping that they, they should know what the answer is? And then when they don't give you the answer, you ask them another question in hopes that surely you have picked up something we've taught you as a parent, right? You you know what I'm talking about? This is Paul. Paul says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? In other words, people that don't know Jesus can't believe in something they don't know about. Okay. Second question. And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? Meaning you can't know about something you haven't heard about. And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? That word preaching isn't what I'm doing right now. Preaching is talking or communicating. That's what the word is. Sharing with them. You can't hear about something unless somebody shares it with you. And how can they preach unless these people are sent? Meaning the good news doesn't go unless we go with it. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news That the invitation to every single one of us is to think about how we bring and share good news where we live locally, regionally, in our city and state, and then globally around the world. That that we're not going to feel connected the way that God's designed us to be connected to his mission unless all three of those things are true in our lives. And I'm explaining to you right now, for some of you, why your faith is so boring. You ever felt like kind of Christianity gets kind of boring? Like I got to go to church, I got to do a thing, I go to group, and it's kind of, it's kind of boring. You know what's boring? Because you're not living this out. You know what I tell you? Can not tell you what isn't boring? getting on a plane, traveling to a place where you don't know the nation, the language, the culture, the customs, and saying, God, I'm here. How do you want to use me to change eternity? That's not boring. And I've seen it in my own life year after year after year after year as we make missions in our own family a personal priority. My faith comes alive when I'm a part of what God's doing around the world because God made you to be a part of what he's doing around the world. And when we punt on that joy and responsibility, we miss out on the faith that God wants to build in us. You never know. It's on the other side of your yes. This is why we're so passionate about missions at Nona. This is why we're convinced that God's work around the globe is worth giving half a million dollars to. I mean, my goodness, that's a house in Lake Nona. I mean, okay, maybe it's a townhouse, but it's a lot. (laughs) And it's because we believe that the God of Genesis and the God of Romans is the God of today, that you were designed and built to go. And there's something unique that God will do in your life and heart when you do that will forever change your faith and walk with him. You know, I think about my own personal life and who stands on the other side of your yes. And in my own life, I'm so grateful that someone said yes. My question to you is, will you say yes? See, as a team, and this is where I get to make this fun announcement, as a team, we, we began praying about what God might want us to do this year to capture his heart for the nations. Like how could we take what God is doing inside our leadership and our staff and place it into the broader community as a whole? And, and to be honest with you, it was an amazing process to think through what we could do. And a huge part of that was this reflection that we had. That Until you go overseas, Until you experience something cross-culturally, you don't know just how big God is, that God is a global God. And so we began to think through what would it look like for us to reach out to all of our global partners and ask them, hey, how can we support you next year? Some of our partners, they're in very difficult and hard places, and our going to them could actually undermine their credibility where they are. So some of them came back and said, hey, the best thing that you could do is pray for us, And so I want to point this out. You have this on your sheet. It's our Global Sunday partners. These are missionaries that your dollars support. When you give at Nona, a portion of those dollars go to help support these missions and global partners around the world. And some of them said, hey, the best thing you could do for us this year is pray. And I want to encourage some of you to take your phone out and snap a picture of this QR code and pick a family, pick a missionary couple that you're going to pray for, a global partner you're going to pray for this year. But what blew my mind was the list of things that came back from people saying, hey, more than just your prayer, we would actually like you to join us. We want you to come to where we are because we think that Nona has some things in them. Nona has some people in them that can move our ministry forward in ways that could change the game for us. So we would invite you to come and be with us because your being on the ground with us is going to change the game for us. And so we have a ministry that works with... Roma Gypsies in Romania, and they said, hey, would you come to Romania, and would you run a soccer camp for the teenagers that meet in the villages around us, because we know that soccer will will allow kids to gather, and they'll be able to hear the good news of Jesus. So if you're a young adult or a family passionate about soccer or sports, this is an opportunity for you to use your skills, your gifts, and your abilities to make a tangible difference in the world. They also said, hey, we've got a ton of kids. Parents are out working, and they, they're oftentimes not even in the village. But we find that the most fruitful ministry we have is when we gather kids together and run something called Camp Joy, which is a week-long vacation Bible school where Roma gypsy kids get to hear about the good news of Jesus. Would, would some of your families come and run camp in the heart of the villages of Romania to reach these people? And you've been invited Mom, dad, grandpa, grandpa, grandma, you've been invited to hop on a plane and spend a week investing in little ones who are going to hear the good news of Jesus because of your presence being there. The island of Grenada, the church that we partnered with there, reached out to us and said, hey, the trip that you took with those women to provide support and counseling for women that are experiencing abuse and trauma and pain on our island, it was life-changing. Would you come back this year? And would you bring more women to be a part of helping support and care for the women that are broken in our community? Women that have a story to share. Women that have walked through pain and heartache and know what it's like to experience the healing power of Jesus, there are women in Grenada that need to hear your story and are waiting for you to join them so that their lives might experience the healing grace of Jesus too. Got another note from the island of Grenada saying, hey, we're really struggling to reach entrepreneurs and business people. They don't tend to go to church where, where we are. Uh, would you be willing to send some of your executives and leaders, some of your trained tradespeople like plumbers and electricians to come and bring their skill set to the island to train our people in different ways to grow in leadership and skill. And we'll utilize that training as a way to gather people that would never come to church so they can hear about the good news of Jesus. In New York City, one of the missionaries that we send said, hey, we're working among the ethnic Jewish people there, reaching college students and young adults. Uh, it would be awesome if young adults could come and help us put on outreach initiatives and ministries in the heart of New York City, right there next to NYU. We've got a coffee shop that we've opened up that serves as a place for people to explore faith. Would you bring some young adults to help us connect and engage in the fall? And we began dreaming about what would it look like for every teenager in our church to experience what it's like to share their faith in a way that is appropriate to their age. And we identified a partnership in Atlanta that works among widows, orphans, and the poor who said we would love to create an environment where young people can come and give of their time, their energy, and their physical capacity to help support the ministry to make a difference for people in Atlanta. And our hearts began to well up with joy at all of the opportunity that you get to have And changing the world through Nona Church this year. And then our team began to pray and figure out, like, what would this look like? And because of your consistent generosity and because of our faithfulness and commitment to give 10% of every dollar that comes into general giving to both global and local missions at our church. Because of that commitment, we've actually built up a surplus over these years. And I love our elder team because they said, we don't want to sit on a surplus that was meant to be sent. Is that not just a great heart from our elders? And so we began to ask, what could we do with that resource? We began to think about the problems we could solve. And the biggest problem that we find is that whenever we talk about short-term trips, there are people that want to go. There are people that want to make a difference. There are people that want to engage And they find the time, they find the location, they they are able to set aside some vacation days, and then they get to the number at the bottom, which is how much it costs to go, and they say, well, bless whoever's going, but it ain't me, right? That's what happens. So we began to dream, what if we help solve part of that problem for people? And so today I'm very, very proud to announce that if you are a young adult, a young person, or going on your first short-term trip or first short-term trip in a long time 50% of your costs to go will be covered by Nona Global this year. Can we celebrate that? <laughs> so, will you go? Will you go? Parents of teenagers, will you send your teenager to Atlanta so they can experience what it's like to see God in a different place and context? Young adults, will you set some of your vacation time aside to go to New York City or to go to Romania to help create environments for connection? Families, would you be willing to let go of some of your vacation days instead of taking the trip that you always take? reallocate those days to create a memory with your family that your children will never forget, that will mark in their minds and in their hearts how big and good God is this year. In just a few moments, we're going to dismiss our gathering, but our service won't be over. All of you have one of these cards. You can go and hold it up for me. It's got your name, your phone, your email, and a preferred method of communication. And what we want to encourage you to do in just a few moments is you're going to walk out of these doors and out in the courtyard there are um, folks standing at tables that represent all of these nations and trips that we're taking. And we want to encourage you to go and to take your card, to share your information, to ask your questions, and to jump into one of these projects. Known a 55 Plus, there are opportunities for you. Come with me to Grenada. Take your skills and your years of expertise and the work that you've done and let's invest in the next generation. Go to Romania and help families that are bringing their kiddos invest in the lives of others. There is a place for every single one of us that want to go to find a place to go. The question is, will you say, what's the word, will you say yes? So let me close with this. What's on the other side of your yes? I mentioned earlier that Global Mission Sunday is important for me because of a personal reason. The personal reason being that I'm one generation removed from not knowing who Jesus is. And that story has stuck with me for the entirety of my life. See, when my grandmother was 14 years old, she came from a line of indentured servants who uh, came from India and were taken by the British Empire to Jamaica. And she grew up in abject poverty. Um, She had no running water, no access to education, had to stop going to school in third grade to help her family with subsistence farming in this part of the bush in Jamaica with little to no access to the rest of the world. My grandmother grew up with a confluence of Hindu and Muslim and animistic religious backgrounds. And at 14 years old, found herself without any hope at all. To the point where one day she walked down to the river to get water, which was one of her responsibilities for the family. And she noticed that there was a tree that had a branch strong enough that she could hang a rope on it. And she decided on that day that that, that would be exactly what she would do. So she took a rope and she brought it down and she hung it on the tree and she grabbed the pail of water that she needed to bring back to her family, walked it back up to the home where she was, finished her chores with a plan to take her life that night. And while she was in the house wrapping up what needed to be finished, no hope in her heart, a belief that not being here would be better than staying. No vision of a life beyond what she had known. Two missionaries knocked on her door that day and they invited her to a tent revival. Instead of going down to the river that day to end her life with a rope and a tree, my grandmother went to a tent revival where she heard about eternal life given to her through Jesus Christ. Who hung on a tree. And my grandmother said yes to Jesus that day. And the trajectory of our family was forever changed. The reason why I'm here today is because somebody knocked on the door of my grandmother's house in her moment of need. They said yes. And I wonder what 14 year old is on the other side of your yes. I wonder what family legacy is on the other side of your yes. I wonder what eternity lies on the other side of your yes. See, we don't go on short-term trips and we don't have a heart for the nations because it's a fun thing to do or because it makes us feel good about us. We go because this is how God has designed the world to know his love. It's through me and it's through you. And eternity hangs in the balance. Lives are waiting on you. You never know what's on the other side of your yes. So stop waiting for somebody else to go and do it. Stop thinking it's somebody else's job. It's not. It belongs to me and you. Everyday, normal people who understand that their job is to go. That our responsibility is to say yes. Would you stand with me? Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray for you. And instead of ending our service like we usually do with a song, I'm gonna send you to worship in a different way today. And worship looks like saying yes, going to a table, learning more, filling out your card, and allowing God to take you on this great adventure that has always been core to his heart, that everyone would know of his love. Would you pray with me, Father? I pray that our hearts today Would be inspired to say yes, to go, to give of our talents and our abilities and our skills and our stories. Because there are people on the other side of it whose lives will be forever changed. There are people that will run up to us in eternity, shake our hand and give us a hug and say, Thank you. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for your praying. Thank you for your going. We get to be a part of the story of the nations knowing you. So, God, may we be people that go with a heart that's willing to say yes. These are the things we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody in this place says amen and amen.